Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. This is your host, Lorraine Nightheart, and you have reached Venus Unplugged. And what we do here is all things Venusian. Uh, what what uh, we've been exploring for the last couple of weeks is the myth or the poem, the ancient poem of Inanna, who is queen of heaven and earth, her dark sister Arushkagal is in the underworld and um, so this poem is about Inanna finds her honey man, her beloved, her love, right? And she accepts her her, uh, powers as queen and then after the consummation of the the marriage bed and the sacred union she decides she's going to take a tour of duty in the underworld to meet her dark sister or aspect of herself who is mourning the death of her husband. And um, so Inanna descends into the underworld. Her sister takes a one look at her and then hangs her on a meat hook to rot, which is kind of an intense image. But this is also the story of the, of the journey of uh, through a month, you know, the dark of the moon, and there's three days where it's just dark. Or it's a descent into our own nature where we're not in the bright uh, light of the ego and the outer world, but we need to go through uh, the dark night of the soul. It can come as a depression or just a hissy fit, a mood. And if we can breathe, Always remember to breathe as you're hanging on that hook and you are being uh, transformed. This is this is an initiation rite. And we're all going through it at one point, sometimes in a day or sometimes we're in a uh, an epic change in our life and nothing that worked before works now. When you think, oh, my God, what's going on? Or uh, what is going on is in the depths of your own psyche, a transformation is taking place. And if we can be patient and give it the due respect, which is, oh, I'm having my symbolic three days in the underworld, and I need to let it just all be rotten, or uh, we really don't know which way to turn. Well, before we start getting on the phone and panicking and yakking with all our friends and doing whatever one does when we are resisting the call from the psyche that demands change and evolution, because the ego would never be bothered to make any changes. It just thinks what it thinks. and uh, it's not interested in the way of the underworld or the way of psyche. It just wants to run itself to the ground like it always does and teaches, you know, and has this false belief that it is the divine. When it isn't, it's a very important function. But it, it too, has to um, listen to, to the way, to the parts that we can't see. I mean, the small fragment or 
aspect of of um, let's say we're we're creating something or you're or you're sculpting something or you're organizing your closet you know it's got to begin out of chaos as soon as you say i'm going to make a change or i'm going to attempt what's the first thing that happens resistance no, it's like oh so that's the name of the fear. It's the resistance. It says, oh, no, you don't have to do that. Oh, hey, you've been living like this for years. Who cares? All right? That's the resistance. That's not good advice. That's, that's, that's the advice from, from the negative uh, animus for a woman or the negative anima for, for the male. It's like, oh, no, just stay unconscious. Not, not a good idea. If there's a movement towards consciousness what are you becoming conscious of what you don't know about yourself now where has that been hiding that's been hiding in your blind spot and that's what projection is all about if we didn't have projection it just comes up naturally we we, we don't how we do it we would never be able to see our shadow or light first we see it in the outer world or in our enemy, or in our uh, beloved. It's like, wow, look at that. That that person's, uh, I don't know, envy scares me, right? Then you have to look and go, but where? You know, sometimes we can have an envy of our own self, uh, which happens more often than people realize. What let you have who you really are. So you've got to do a little arm wrestling, or you've got to go in, you know, and meet the dark sister, uh, the dark goddess, and because all of life and death is this constant round of um, opposites. In any issue in life, look for its opposite. And in this case, it's, it's uh, shadow and light, or life and death. And if we can hold on to both of them, I'm not going to choose one over the other, because then we get out of balance. They both belong. And this is what this great epic poem of Inanna uh, is about. So the chapter, so we left Inanna, and she was hanging on the meat hook, and her sister, her the dark sister, the dark uh, divinity, because all creation comes out of darkness. We may be adjusting it in the light, but the cosmos, you know, the, 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 the intrinsic order or the seed that's in the chaotic realms, that's what artists struggle with. That's why they can go through such extremes. Uh, and it takes a lot of consciousness not to fall into the different... Um, States, but say, no, I'm going to work with this. Something wants to come up. Something wants to be, which is why also we have ritual. We have ritual so that um, it prepares us. It's kind of like a, a, a psychic uh, outfit. You know, we're invited to a party. With, you know, what are we going to wear? You know, is it a formal? Is it a barbecue? What, and, and we start automatically creating the ritual of the dress or resisting the ritual. 
I'm not going to that black tie. I hate wearing a suit or whatever it might be. So we automatically go into the states of course we don't call it ritual, but in fact it is. So Inanna's in in the underworld. Her sister, who is mourning the death of the bull god, and she's also lamenting in birth, which is pretty intense. You know, you talk about the opposites. I mean, that's in like one little nutshell. It's that is all that's happening. And when that happens in, in our own personal life, where between, you know, a rock and a hard place, uh, that's heaven and hell, or that's uh, consciousness or unconsciousness, we we're definitely are no longer who we were yesterday, but we're not quite born into today. And without a little bit of reflection or consciousness, or we have a dream, so the dream maker, you know, is the divine spark within each of us. And the dream is informing you, no, that attitude sucks. You cannot keep that attitude any longer. But sometimes we want to, you know, stay angry at something. Or or, or we need to be angry because there's been a great disrespect for your soul. That's what gets hurt. What gets hurt is something we value. And if it involves another person and that person doesn't get what the value is, it's very hard to to resolve. Certainly, we may repress. We don't necessarily forgive. So we don't understand the dynamic of what is going on within ourselves. So life is a lot more complicated and a lot more interesting than we could ever imagine. Is in that middle ground, that middle world, that that place between the yin and the yang. So Neshubar is she's she, so before Inada descends, uh, she prepares a strategy because she knows, you know, you can't come up from the underworld. You've you've got to you have to know what you're up to. And same thing with ourselves. If we're going to take a journey, we're going to go down to Peru and do an initiation, right? You've got to plan coming back. Or you're going to go with somebody who knows the way. You know, you're going to get a guide. Or you're going to go and get a, a reading. Like, wow, I'm going through something and I need to understand this in, um, in uh, contemporary uh, language, what this means. If, if we if we fall into a victimization mode, we ask, oh, "Why is this happening?" But if we, if it's not a victimization, it's what does this mean? This has value, and I want to know its value. I want to know its worth. So very often the dreams will guide us, because the dream will only tell you what you don't know about yourself, not what you do, and you may not know that there is an attitude. Uh, that you're clinging to that is not going to serve the you the adult side or some infantile um, belief system or strategy that always worked before 
Well, it's not going to work in these conditions. And it's definitely not going to work if we don't want to explore the meaning, not the rationale. Because in the in the realm of the psyche, some things can be proven and some things can't, but they're still true. So that's the um, the beauty of myth and language and dreams is all these images are coming in and they're alive and they're moving and that you you can't pin it down and say this always means this. No, it doesn't. Um, and nor does your life mean that. So what um, I was going to say, Ishtar, what Ishtar and, and Ainan are very similar uh, poems uh, of uh, the Great Mother. So before Ainana journeys, and she, pre- she prepares this strategy for her rescue, and she instructs Nesabar to carry it out if she does not reappear from her journey after three days, three days usually 72 hours, which comes to a nine, which is usually, you know, a cycle. So Ainana is letting her know, okay. So she has this foreknowledge uh, uh, that she would need help if she gets stuck in the underworld. And that can also happen with our own lives. We get stuck in the depression. We don't have a rescue plan. We don't even know where we can or that there is uh, this this inner figure who can broker their deal, get the help we need, uh, hand a book to you, uh, give you something, have an insight. Uh, that you, 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 It's that thread, it's that little golden thread or red thread that we start, like, so, like if I start pulling it, it's like, whoa. You know, or uh, you open up a fortune cookie, and it's exactly what you need to to, uh, to the magic words to get through. All right. So I'm probably saying this uh, Neshuba, N I N S H U B U R Neshuba, and she's kind of the, she's the trusted executive of Vainana. And she um, is part of the, I guess she's a priestess, right? And at that time, the priestesses are, of course, in the temples of the goddess. And they were um, servants. And we all have a faithful servant within us, not a slave, a servant who's in service to our evolution, who shows up in the nick of time or gets the right therapist or reads the, you know, does the right thing and you think, what in heaven's name, maybe even think of that. Uh, but that's always part of us. So that's about her, her name is, means a queen of the East and the female handmaiden of the great goddess. And she's very, she's like the earthy, and she's the executive arm of Inanna. And she's called upon when the goddess needs assistance for her needs and projects. And so 
whom Ainana realizes that she's going to take this journey willingly. She dresses in all her regalia, and as she's going the journey, each one of her powers are removed because they don't have any effect in the, in, a, in the underworld. So what Nestabar does is to ensure the, the safe passage, she goes to three different gods and um, to ask for help for Inanna. How, how can we rescue her? So she's the servant who cries out to the men and women. And she is the one who will go and ask for help. So what does this mean psychologically? Because that's part of the genius of fairy tales and um, uh, these great myths, okay? Is what does this mean to Psyche? How does Psyche see this? So Psyche is not uh, linear thinking. So it, there's always this small part of us that stays above ground while the soul descends, or what we also call the dark night of the soul. And so this little still part of consciousness is, is a functioning aspect of the psyche which can witness the events below and above and feel concerned for the fate of the soul. So it's kind of keeping your eye on the sparrow. So when we're in um, uh, an initiation rite or we're in some type of therapy and we are, we are both observing what we're feeling, what we're going through, we describe uh, the heaven or the hell that we're in, um, and they're constantly interchanging, right? So it's, it's when the feeling, you know, when we start taking responsibility for the action and understanding why our energy is in the unconscious. Because there's a tremendous amount of energy in the unconscious. And when we're bored, which is always a dangerous state for um, the soul to be in or for psyche to be in, because that's when we're going to do the dumbest things ever. And when we look back and think, what? I didn't mean to do that. But we do it because we're bored and we want to start a little a little action. So that's the part that witnesses. It's kind of the inner sidekick that we understand. And it, and, it, and it witnesses. So when we do the reflection, in whatever way we're going to be doing the reflection in a work of art, we don't really quite know what we're up to, but, uh, and even when something is so well planned, you know, our hand moves a different way or we run out of a color or um, a, a, a stroke completely changes the direction of where we're going. We may have an intention, but Psyche takes over and says, no, this is what I want. This is where I'm moving. 
So this this aspect, this Nesnabar aspect within ourselves is the one who is going to go and find the help. Going to get the posse. Uh, it's the one that prevents a, a psychotic break when we're traveling through these nether regions and we're not sure what we're going to what's happening so it's and it's the spokesperson for the for the self with a capital s s e l f you know the, the divinity and so she tracks Inanna for the 3 days and then she begins the lament and Inanna has instructed her to wear rags and and to you know lament to really so that you begin to realize this that this is this this pain and this suffering. Well sometimes well certainly in the streets of New York someone will be wearing rags and lamenting. So even though they may be sounding crazy, listen to what they're lamenting. Because there's truth in it. People who are in a psychotic state, they're seeing something. It sounds crazy, but there's something in there. It's a truth because they're they're in that state, but but we don't hear it consciously, or we get frightened, and it's like, no, I, I didn't want to think about that. So, Nastabar is is a, a woman's deepest reflection of the self. She's the priestess function, the one would, which operates and is the executrix of of the self's command, often when the soul is most threatened. We are all in a constant state of high drama and storytelling, unless we're really numbing ourselves out. So, and also this aspect, she has no life of her own. And she's, she's, besides the capacity to serve, she's, she carries out precisely and completely what the goddess asks of her. And there is this profound, egoless obedience when she's almost invisible and she dresses like a beggar, the faithful servant. And there's always a figure like this and fairy tale. They're neither fish nor fowl. They're, you know, they can be yeah. human or inhuman. Uh, There's something, but they know they've got that. Uh, one association I make is the goddess Hestia, which is the goddess, it's the only goddess in the Greek that uh, has no form. The only form she has is the flame, is the fire. And Hestia is also wisdom. So she is always brought in into all the different uh, pathologies. We need to warm our... Sometimes we're cold and angry. The inside of Hestia, which is also the hearth, she's also what makes a house a home. She's also why people always sit closest to the fireplace or stove, even though they 
to be living in mansions. They want that that warm place. Uh, And that also flame is within us because it's a steady flame. And you have to remember, you know, in ancient times, the most important shaman was the one who kept the fire because if that fire wasn't kept burning, uh, we weren't going to be able to cook. We weren't going to be able to be warm. So it's the faithful servant within ourselves and this servant within ourselves has the integrity and the reverence and the capacity for action, depending on how the myth is going to turn. It, it, it shows up at that right moment. It does the right thing. It gets the exact help we need. It's the one who saves our life. So um, when this figure or, you know, maybe part of the uh, the journey right now is realizing, wait a second, there is always this figure. I mean, you can give her any name that you want within yourself. You know, what made me read that book? You know, what made me open that And that one passage gave meaning to my sorrow. It gave it gravitas. It gave it depth. When people are afraid of depth, that's when they do their kind of neurotic, excessive, outward movements. They've always got to be action. There's always have to be stimulus. They always have to be moving in some direction or being entertained. That is a huge avoidance. We need the balance uh, where, you know, they're just just spinning. And then, of course, eventually they spin themselves out into exhaustion or they spin themselves uh, empty or they will deny their hurt or how they're hurting another. You know, when somebody just walks all over and says, well, you know, I can't help it. I, uh, you know, I'm an addict. It's like, yeah, well, the art is to move away from that to see what that is about, but they can't help it. And then the little servant within yourself says, Move away. You need some help. So this figure, she she goes to uh, three different gods. And then finally, the god of wisdom helps uh, Ainana. And what, what he does, I'll read it directly from the poem here, uh, is that, I just had it here. Why is it? I get it. Where'd it go? <laughs> so it's Inky, right? Ainana, the holy priestess of heaven. What has my daughter done? What has happened? I am troubled. I am grieved. So from under his fingernail, Father Enki brought forth dirt. He fashioned the dirt into a 
Kugara, K-U-R-G-A-R-R-A. I'm probably destroying this language. Uh, And it's a creature that's neither male nor female. And from under his fingernails of his other hand, he brought forth dirt. And he fashioned a galator, G-A-L-T-R, a creature neither male nor female. And like flies, the two creatures slipped through the cracks of the underworld and they entered the throne room of Arishka Gal. And her breasts were bare and no linen covering her body. And her hair swirled around her head like leeks. It's an interesting image. Arishka Gal, the queen of the underworld, was moaning with the cries of a woman about to give birth. And what these two creatures do, they cry with her and you'll just have to tune in next week to find out what else happens it's kind of like a cliffhanger moment right so till we meet again bye bye